Oh my god. Why is it? No. Choose your destiny. <laughs> somebody, somebody, somebody has to care, man. You know, yeah. somebody has to care about something more than their family and their own life and their ego. Many. We really don't understand it. We have never taken the time to dig through those, you know, intricacies related to the ethnicities of the different peoples of Africa. It's not very well studied or understood by Westerners. It was the smoke that just This morning, at least 19 people are dead, including nine children in the Bronx. This is New York City's deadliest fire in 30 years. 63 people were injured, 32 of whom went to the hospital with life-threatening conditions. Firefighters arrived within minutes, finding victims on every floor of the building. Officials say the death toll is likely to climb. Let's get to CNN's Bryn Gingras live in the Bronx with the latest on this horrible tragedy, Brent. Yeah, I mean, just unimaginable devastation here, John, as families lost loved ones just within a matter of minutes. Now, the fire was in just one apartment uh, apartment of this building, and it actually stayed in that apartment, but it was the smoke that just quickly spread throughout the entire building, suffocating people as they tried to escape. As you said, 19 people were killed, nine of them children, and dozens more are fighting for their lives this morning. <laughs> This morning, the New York City Fire Department and fire marshals are investigating a deadly fire at a 19-story apartment building in the Bronx. At least 19 people lost their lives, including nine children. Dozens more were injured, including 13 people in life-threatening condition, according to Fire Commissioner Daniel Nigro. I think uh, it certainly is traumatizing when we can't save a life. And our members, you know, tried diligently, fire and EMS members, to bring some of these people back and, uh, um, and to bring them out as quickly as they could. The commissioner says the fire started yesterday morning just before 11 when a space heater malfunctioned in an apartment on the second and third floors of the building. The fire then spread throughout the building when the door to that apartment and at least one stairwell door were left open. The smoke spread throughout the building. I think some of them could not escape because of the volume of smoke. Nigro says victims were found in stairways on every floor of the building. Men no fire escapes. One woman who did escape described the fear she felt. I was really scared. I was scared. Still not covering this right. Really By the time I got to the exit and I had the mask on, I couldn't even see. I thought I went blind. I couldn't even see. The fire commissioner said the heat was on in the building and there were working smoke detectors. But one resident no fire, said the fire alarm regularly goes off. No fire alarms. Not a fire. How would you supposed to know if the fire is always going off? The building housed a largely Muslim population with many immigrants from Gambia, a small nation on the west coast of Africa. There you go. Mayor Eric Adams Gambian immigrants affected by the fire. They should not be afraid to ask for help. If you need assistance. Uh, you, your names would not be turned over to ICE or any other institution. And we're all feeling this. And we're going to be here for this community to help them navigate through this. 
New York's governor announced the state will establish a victim's compensation fund that will help with burial costs, housing, or residents' other needs. We will not forget you. We will not abandon you. We are here for you. And it's so important to note the incredible work of the FDNY here. About 200 members arrived on scene within three minutes of that 911 call, putting out the flames, working rescues. In some cases, John, there are firefighters who ran out of oxygen in their tanks as they were trying to bring people to safety. John. Wow, Brent, what a horrible situation, but they were there within minutes. Thank you so much for reporting. Please keep us posted. So anyways, uh, yeah, these are African immigrants, all right? So, okay, so I'm saying it's racial. And you're like, how? Well, the fire itself wasn't racial. The conditions that those people lived in was racial. The, the, the fact that that little fire killed so many people was racial because they were living in a building that should was not up to code. And that's only acceptable when it's someone like some African immigrants that's living there because they can't really complain, right? We'll just call ice on your ass. Show your ass up out of here. You ain't even supposed to be here or whatever. Half of y'all probably illegal, but they don't know if they're legal or not. They don't care. It's racism. So what I'm trying to say is if you live in a building any fucking where in the United States, but especially in a place like New York, and the building is decent, it's going to have closing doors, it's going to have working fire alarms, it's going to have fire escapes. And all that shit is going to work properly. And if a little fire, if a little fire breaks out in one of those buildings, it's not going to be a big deal. The sprinkler system or whatever the hell is going to and nobody's going to get hurt. You won't hear about it. It won't be on the news. The fuck out of here, man. You got to look at this shit and realize that it's a real thing. Let me see what else they say. Daisy, thank you so much for being with us. Can you just tell us a little bit, uh, start at the beginning. When did you first realize that there was a fire in the building? Okay, when I realized it was fire in the building, my husband, he opened the door. He said, wow, I smell something burning. Then he opened the door. It was a fire. He said, okay, baby, get dressed. I was like, for what? You know, And but the alarm was going off for a while, so I didn't pay it no mind. But then when he opened the door and I went out there, I passed out. I was, it was devastated. It was like, it was real scary. And I went to the elevator. They was like, no, don't take the elevator. I went to the stairs to open the door. It just blew me Do y'all see any fire escapes? My husband, Let me in the house. Where's the fire escape? I can't see. I can't see. If I stayed looking at that building, seconds, look at the outside of that building. Too. And I feel so bad. Do you about see any kind there. of scaffolding you know, or any kind really of bad? It's really ladders, scary. stairways, any of that shit. Come out the building. But my husband's like, you don't have to go. The elevator is not working. You got to be walking back up. I was like, okay, the elevator doesn't work when the fire when there's a fire and electrical shit be getting yeah, fucked no, up. It, look, it's an, an incredible loss when you look at the people who are gone and still the people who are injured with some life threatening um, injuries as well. Could, tell us. So once you got down through uh, f through stairs, is that right? Can you tell us about exiting the building? In interior and what it was stairs. Like? Did you see other people? What kind of state were they in? Yes, it was like we was going down, and they had so many puppies and, and dogs that's laying in the exit. They was dead, 
and it was hard going down because there was no backup lights. Now I'm coming up, coming out now, they have lights. They're cleaning the building now. And it was really, it's, it's really sad. I can't even talk about it, you know, because we just moved there. I just moved there. And I, I just think, you know, I never seen nothing like this before. And I hope I don't have to go through this again, you know. It's really demonstrated to see all the stretches and the people who died. Devastating is what she's trying to say. The puppies laying in the exit, the dogs and all this. I mean, it's really sad. I, I don't know nobody in the building. I stay to myself, but it's really bad. You know, I feel bad for the family. And, and you know, I give all my love and my blessings, go out to the family, you know, for the loved ones. Daisy, you mentioned that the, the exit stairs were not lit. There's also a question about doors that should have been self-shutting, right? Doors that should have closed on their own, fire doors to keep smoke in certain places exactly. or fire in certain places. Can you shed any light on that? What were the condition of doors in the building that were supposed to close? Did the doors close? Yes, they closed, but the doors, the exit, when the guards go and make their rounds in the building, the doors stay open and they slam. They let you know they're doing their rounds and stuff. They slam who, the doors. Who is they? Start, you know, doing what and rounds? The building is okay, Sound like a prison. After today, what I've seen, I don't think I can deal with this anymore. You know, you don't never, think you can I've stay there? I never went through nothing like this. No, no, it's not. It's not. I don't think so. No, I can't. And my husband, he's sick. You know, I'm taking care of him. He lives there, and I'm with him, watching over him, you know? That's not a place for him. Have you had, Daisy, safety concerns about the building? Yes, really. I mean, I don't talk with nobody. I don't communicate with nobody. We To ourselves, we don't bother nobody, you know? We stay to ourselves. That's it. And I don't want to know anybody, so... It's better off being by yourself, and that's what we do. We stay to ourselves. Do you feel like the building is in, in good condition? No, I really don't think so. I really don't think so. <laughs> Clearly. How so, how so? can you tell me? Good. How so? Well, hey, it's, well, the guys is okay, but they're not all okay. The guys? Out. The... It's a lot of, you know, it's maybe because I don't know the people, but... We stay in the house. I go to work, come home, take care of my husband. It's just that it don't feel comfortable. Well, Daisy, I thank you for being with That's one thing that annoys the shit out of me about our people. Like, she was asking them her straight-up question, but she did not give her, no, like, the details. I guess she was scared, maybe. I don't know. What happened? I thought Deuce was there. Yeah. <clears throat> Let me see. Let's go back to that one because that, hold on. I want to read some comments on it. Hold on. It was the smoke that just quickly spread throughout. One second, y'all. Okay. Yeah, this is the one, right? Um, Daily Fire, let me read it. Daily Fire that broke out in New York City apartment building was caused by a manu um, <clears throat> sorry, caused by a malfunctioning space heater, according to NYC Fire Commissioner Daniel A. Nigro. CNN's Brian 
Gingras. Fucking forgive me for mispronouncing all that shit. Reports on the investigations and see, I'm learning Spanish and I can't help but to, whatever. Brianna Keeler speaks to a resident from the building. Okay, comments. Devastating, my heart breaks for all the family. So terrible to hear so many lost their lives. My prayers are with them all. As someone who works in a school, parents and guardians should have a conversation or plan in place of case of fire. Everyone should know what to do in case of that there is a fire in the building. I'm sorry for everyone who lost something. Even though so many lives were lost, I'm positive the quick response and tireless actions of first responders saved many. Our pitudos is lost. This seems to never run out of tragedy. He says, unbelievable that fire at one apartment caused all this mayhem. The story from the woman who was afraid to know her neighbors is devastatingly sad. What's up, dudes? What up, what up, man? What's going on? Hey, same old, same old, bro. How you feel? Pretty good, man. Pretty good. I'm here in Oklahoma, headed up here to uh, Benville, Arkansas. Okay. Oklahoma. So you're really not that far. I mean, Texas is big as fuck, so even going that way through the panhandle, huh? Wait, but Arkansas, I mean, Oklahoma is right on the right side of the panhandle, right? Texas comes right all the way up on the side of Arkansas. Oklahoma, yeah. I mean. Yeah. Yeah, it borders. All of that shit borders. Yeah. Yeah. Texas yeah, is big. Uh, Anyways, you heard any of that? I was talking about with the um, the, the the New York, the fire in the in the Bronx. African immigrants, no no working fire alarm system, no fire escapes, and no fire doors. Oh shit! Where is that at? Where did that happen at, bro? In the Bronx, New York. Oh no. Nah, I didn't know that happened. Like nineteen, nah. like nineteen people dead. Oh wow, that Wait. just happened recently. Yeah, two days ago. Oh okay. Yeah, no, nah, I didn't even know that happened, bro. Two or three days ago. I don't know how long it's been. Very recent. Yeah, and I was just talking about it because it's just crazy because you. You see the racism in it because a lot of people don't understand like the conditions that people be living in. These were like mostly immigrants. So for whatever reason, when they came to the city, they ended up in this building probably because somebody told them that's where they could go. You know what I mean? Maybe their papers wasn't legit. Or maybe they were legit, but they were still told this is where you go because it's a bunch of other people from where you're from over here. Yeah. Yeah. So it's some shitty ass fucking building that if a little fire breaks out in one fucking apartment, then it fucking kills 19 people. Wow, that's crazy, bro. 
Yeah, that's all. That's all. I just I I feel like people people should care about shit like that because it can happen to anyone. And was that a, a condemned building that no one should have been living in, or was that a building that, that they rent out to tenants? It was a building rent out with tenants. It was full of tenants. Oh, yeah. So Yo, that, shit, that falls back on the company that owns that. No fire escapes, no, no, no. no, no way to get no. out, no, no stairway opening, no, no that's... emergency uh, exits on they the had... They it's had supposed emergency exits. Supposed to be an emergency exit, at, be had, an emergency exit at, at each floor, right? But not, yeah, to go outside, to go outside of the building as far as a fire escape with a stairwell. But they didn't have that. They had, they had escape, you know, doors or whatever, but that's within the building. Does that make sense? Yeah, I mean, well, most buildings are built that way. If you think of a building in downtown Houston, if a fire breaks out and you're on a and you're on a uh, higher level, there's no fire escapes outside of those buildings. I mean, the only fire escape you have is the emergency exit, usually at no, the they, end of whatever floor that you're on. And there's a that's a that stairwell is built a lot sturdier to be able to take. If it's a domestic building, if it's a building where people live in it, it's got fire escapes on it. You could bet you could drive around the building and look at that shit and see it. You're talking about those buildings that are um, office buildings where it's not uh, supposed well, to be I nobody. Have a friend, I have a friend that lives in the same building uh, in downtown Houston. Uh, damn, I forget the name of it, but it's a, it's a couple of uh, well-known celebrities live in that building. And uh, there's no like fire escape hanging off the side of the building. The only, like I say, at the, the floor that she lives on, at the end of her hallway, there's signs that tell you, you know, emergency evacuation. And that's usually a door at the end of the hallway. You hit that door and that's a stairwell and it takes you all the way down to the bottom level to, to go outdoors if a fire breaks out in the building. There's yeah. no, there's no emergency fire escapes like what you would see on, like usually you would see that like out west or in the, you know, out east, you know, northeast mm -hmm. up there around New York and those areas like that. Like back in the day, you used to would see those metal, wrought iron, black painted black, you know, fire escapes off the building. But nah, like I say, man, I, I got a, a couple of. But this did well, happen in New York. Buildings in downtown, and there's no fire escape. But, there's but, an exit but, at the end. Go ahead. But it, it did happen in New York. It happened in, in, in the Bronx. Yeah, but they supposed I mean, to have fire code, fire violate, uh, fire. They supposed right. to have well, people you know, coming checking that shit. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean. Those buildings, they haven't. Yeah, they're supposed to have inspectors that come out every. Ain't breaking up. But they do an emergency, uh, like fire drill type of deal. The tenants don't necessarily do it, but they make sure that the fire alarms in the building are working and and things of that nature. Uh, but. Like I say, man, I mean, I don't really know the nature of this building and what the building looks like per se, 
but um, maybe, I mean, I don't know. I don't know, you know, I mean, I, I don't really, because like I say, living here in Houston, you know, all I've ever seen was, you know, building like high-rise buildings that people actually occupy and live in domestic living, you know, there's usually an emergency exit usually at the end of the floor, end of the hall, you know, at the end of the floor that you may live on that leads into a stairwell that's like emergency evacuation. And that is usually built to withstand, you know what I'm saying, for you to go down those stairs, you know what I'm saying, and things of that nature. Yeah. If there is a fire or emergency, you know, or something like that, you know. Of course, yeah. elevators are not going to – it wouldn't be safe for you to take an elevator uh, to begin with if there is a fire. Now, if you know, now that would suck if this building doesn't have any type of uh, emergency evacuation, you know, other than an elevator, which would, would, wouldn't be up to code. I wouldn't think that would be up to code. I would think. You know, even the even the buildings that were built back before, way before, you know, in downtown Houston, they're taking a lot of those old buildings that was built way back, way way back in the fifties, you know, forties and fifties, and they're taking and turning them into apartments. Even those have the emergency uh, escape, the emergency stairwell escape, you know, at the end of the hall, you know. Yeah. Yeah, at the end of the day, it's just a really sad thing that happened. And, you know, most of the people, the people died from smoke in inhalation. So the, it was because the smoke was thick and went through the apartment. I bet I bet a lot of them were sleeping or something. And it just, you yeah, know. yeah. I mean, it, it's sad. Any, you know, it's sad. Though. I mean, any any time life is lost, it, it's sad, you know, uh, just very, you know, it can be very tragic and you know, things of that nature. Like I say, I mean, we don't know. I mean, the only thing you know is from what the, the tenants living there, from their point of view and their perspective and what they're saying, until there is, a, you know, a actual investigation. And, you know, and, and the results of this investigation is released to the general public. We don't know if they actually had. I mean, even still, bro, in a building like that, they should there should be some type of centralized that would go like, you know, uh, siren, uh, super bright, blinking strobe like within your apartment, you know, if a fire breaks out, you know, uh, those types of things. You know, I mean, that's yeah. just like at my apart at my apartment complex where I live at. You know, if uh, there's a fire and the fire alarm goes out, like you hear that shit. Like there's a loud siren ring and lights are blinking. You know. Yeah, they said that the fire alarm just be going off all the time, so it's like you can't tell if there's a real fire because the alarm is always going off. Yeah, they probably have. That's something that needs to be dealt with because they probably have people that are pulling the fire alarm. Which we had our apartment complex where children have been playing around and, and somehow got the little glass mechanism uh, off of the fire alarm and actually pulled it. And it was, you know, people coming out of their apartment saying what's going on. Fire department comes up, turn off the fire alarm, 
and expect there's no fire and, you know, and come to find out it's a little kid, which, you know, that's a big fine. If your child is caught doing that shit, that is a major fine. Yeah. Yeah, I, I would definitely tell my kids, don't fucking play like that. Oh, yeah. My kids know better. And there's one right there. I don't know if you paid attention, but when you come up the steps to my apartment right there at the at the base of the steps and then at the top of the steps, there's a fire alarm and fire extinguisher. Here, check this out. Um, it says 21 tourists stuck in cars die after being trapped by snow in Pakistan. Yeah, so I was complaining. Look at that shit. I was complaining about our infrastructure. Ain't no driving through that shit. Not to that damn tractor like that came through there. Did you see that shit? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I caught I caught little bits and pieces. I'm rolling, so Oh I yeah, that's right. Out. My bad, you driving. I ain't gonna play no more videos then uh for you. I can listen to them, but yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Well, anyways, that one was showing a big, thick-ass snow on the fucking roads in Pakistan. Oh, yeah. It said 21 yeah. tourists stuck in car and die. Wow. So, what was that? What was that? Was that from just the snow that fell? Or is that from, like, an avalanche or something? Or what? No, just the snow that fell. A whole bunch of damn snow, like a snowstorm. Oh, okay. Like I say, man, it's it's definitely, uh, yeah, it's sad, bro. I mean, you know, we get, you know, there's uh, there's times, there's, there's some things that have happened here in the state, like, you know, you know, where there's an ice storm or something like that, and there's uh, several car pileup and, you know, several wrecks and things of that nature. People are stuck on the roads and things of that nature, you know, it's just... Mother nature, bro. Well, let me ask you a question. What, what do you think about the universal health care for in California? They're pushing for universal health care in California. What up, Pat? What's the deal? Hey, what's going on, Pat? What you man. saying about the dudes? Hey, ain't nothing much, bro. Ain't nothing much, man. I hear grinding, you know what I'm saying? Trying to hold it down like uh, you trying to hold it down like a hubcap in the fast lane. Uh, <laughs> uh, uh, should I say like uh, hold it down like both flats on a Cadillac, <laughs> whatever, however you want to call it, right? <laughs> yeah, I done heard them all. Shit, I done heard them both. 
Oh, so what y'all, what y'all chatting about, man? Well, did you hear about that fire in the Bronx where, uh, like, a bunch of people died? It was just from smoke inhalation. It was a small fire started from, like, a space heater. But it was because the this the, the conditions of this, this building was so bad in the Bronx, it ended up being, like, 16 people died. No, nah, I didn't hear about that. That's wild. That's crazy. Was it? Yeah, a high, it was a high rise. Yeah, it's 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 so pointless. Like I feel like you know, and then and we have to pay attention. Like the thing is, people don't give a damn. So you know, that's the reason why things like this can happen, and this can happen to anybody. Yeah. Yeah, like I say, man, that falls back on the the, the property owners. That fall, you know, that falls back on the property owners, uh, you know, or the uh, management firm that owns these. Because usually, a lot of the projects are owned. That's just like in, uh, my sister's made in the bricks over there, Acres Home, over there off of uh, Western Montgomery and Victory. You know, it wasn't even owned by some by by, by a management firm here in Texas, dude. These folks were from the Northeast. They were from New York. You know what I'm saying? When you look up the actual management company, they're owned by some white folks out of New York, and you look at them apartments, bro, and you like, oh, my God, like, housing approves for people to stay in here? You know what I'm saying? But, you know, it just, I don't know, man. I mean, I feel like that falls back on the, on the company that owns that. I feel like it also falls, you know, somewhat um, falls back on the city. You know what I'm saying? Because there's there is building codes and certain codes in place and laws that these buildings they're supposed to get audited and inspected, fire safety checks. You know, there's all kind of things, uh, checks for foundation, water. Yeah. That, you know, that, making that, sure that things are are are, are up to code. Yeah, there's so, a lot more responsibility in it than just uh, the owners. Because, um, I mean, the owners won't really get, well, I mean, they get hit up, but as far as, uh, like you saying, with the codes and stuff, but this, that kind of reminds me of this thing, what, what happened in Miami, uh, you know, last year with the, uh, the, the, the building caving in. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I remember that, yeah. So... It's a, that's on, I don't know, man. I feel sorry for them folks. Is that smoking fire is not the fucked up ass way to go. Yeah. Fucked up ass way to, like I said, probably a lot of them are sleeping. Um, but y'all be talking about California is crazy. I know both of y'all agree on that. Uh, uh, they trying to pass a universal health care for the state of California. Hey, did y'all hear about that? No, I hadn't. No, I hadn't uh, heard about it. I hadn't it. heard about that. Let's just let, let's just go on record and say California is their own fucking country, bro. They're a state, but that's 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 a that's a that's they are they their well, own they, country. They do well, they, this. Well, they are they'll be the only position. state. They'll be the only state doing it. That would. You know, it will be the first and only state, state. of California. It's a point of pride. Let me play a little bit of this. Uh, no one else in the country, no other state in America 
has done more in this space than the state of California. It's a point of pride in the last few years in particular. It's a point of pride and passion as well. That said, we're not nearly this, where we need to go. It says the and California that's why blueprint. We talk about our new investments, but just briefly, middle class tax uh, investments. You may recall the middle class subsidies we did a couple of years ago. No other state had done that. Interestingly, uh, because of Nancy Pelosi's leadership and because of the president's leadership, uh, they are actually now subsidizing that space. So we have roughly 300. <laughs> Keely will clean this up perhaps after the presentation, but 300. Okay, politicians, expanded middle class subsidies, increased prevention serv services, expanded ACEs screenings and dementia screening, increased transparency and accountability for insurance companies. That one sounds pretty good. Launched Cal prescription, single purchaser for prescription drugs. Now that sounds good too. Expanded coverage for young and senior populations regardless of immigration status. So the 10 minute video I just summed up in 30 seconds or whatever, that was what he was gonna say. <laughs> I'm gonna go over it one more time. Expanded middle-class subsidies, increased prevention services, expanded ACEs, I don't know what that is, screenings, and dementia screenings, increased transparency and accountability for insurance companies. That could mean anything though, launched, California prescription, single purchaser for prescription drugs. That could be a big deal because that could save a lot of people money. Expanded coverage for young and senior populations, regardless of immigration status. So what do you think about that? I don't know, man. It sounds like a good thing, but it just all depends on if, uh, if they can uh, nail it, you know, if they can, if they can be presented the right way and done the right way and gain the trust of people, with, uh, I don't know, man. That's the biggest I'm, thing is trust. The cricket, you know. I'm wondering, can they afford it? And uh, you know, and and of course, you know, that's a a a, a tough line to pull because I mean, affording it also means not having to raise taxes on people. And um, you know how does it affect the uh, inflation of the? Because I mean, you already know, like California has the highest inflation rate in the entire country. Well, one of, but you know, like California, New York are like at the worst. But uh, what it, what's the plan to actually be able to do that without? Uh, you know how you know how, how much they're gonna have to raise taxes or you know what's gonna have to happen in order for them to do that what they expect from the from the people yeah I, i'm i'm not gonna ask answer any of those questions because i haven't done it's um they've been they, they've only been talking about this for a short amount of time i find it interesting but i i haven't done a whole bunch of research so i can't really just answer those questions yeah, it just—it sounds like right now that they're putting it out there as a marketing deal, and then they get people on that bandwagon, and then all of a sudden it's like, oh, well, we're going to do this, but this is how we're going to be able to do this. So we're going to raise your taxes, and this and this and this, and then, but you guys benefit in this way. So it's like, eh, like Pat saying, the state—I don't see—I don't see the state of California being able to support it. That state has been in a deficit 
saying for how long, dude? Like they are like one of the, I don't know, tenth largest economies like in the world, yeah, in the world or some did. shit. Just by itself. I remember when it used to be number five. I, I just threw that number out there. I don't know what the number is, but I, I, I remember reading about how high, if you just separated California from the United States, them alone, they compete with the uh, big countries in the world. Yeah. They definitely do. Um, but so I you're mean, saying that they can afford it financially? Because I was always. They should be able that. to. They're making a bunch of fucking money. All the taxes, how much everything damn costs there? Well, I mean, I know that, but uh, back during, if I'm not mistaken, correct me if I'm wrong, during the Obama administration, they were in a deficit. The state was broke. That that deficit shit is so confusing. That's why I don't really like to talk about that subject because I feel like a lot of people really just don't understand that. Like yourself? <laughs> well, I mean, it is complicated. I'm not saying I understand it. I'm saying okay. almost everybody don't understand it. And that's the thing. That's yeah. the issue. It's one of those things that everybody be talking about. Oh, the deficit this, the deficit that. They don't really know what the hell they're talking about. I mean, no offense. I'm just saying. Well, I mean, for me, um, you know, and I, it's mostly rumors, so I don't have any proof of it. But I mean, I, I've been hearing for the last 10 years how, you know, that China owns California. So, I mean, it, if that is the case, I mean, maybe it can, maybe it can happen. I mean, and I, I don't really know, like, like I said, it's, it is a tough question because the, I mean, the revenue that's in and out, I mean, you know, of course, Hollywood, no, no, nobody's making the money that they like they used to make, especially since the pandemic. Yeah. But, uh, you know, still and all, I mean, I'm sure that they, because, because they are such a high product, producer of, uh, of produce and um, what's the... Uh, I forget. I know the farming is. They like, got a number. They got a number of fucking industries. That's the reason why they're fucking. But you know what? I know y'all understand it because y'all are truck drivers. But a lot of people don't understand about California is that it's 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 big like Texas, but it also covers a span of like different terrain. Like up north, it's like totally different state than it is from Southern California. Like oh, like. Oh, yeah. So. They have all kinds of different industries going on. They got the, the, the huge beach, with, you know, and they got the ports. They got the big-ass ocean right there. It's, you know, I don't know. I'm just saying. And then, then they also have minerals. They have a lot of shit going on for them. So I think, I don't think, it sh I don't think they should have a problem being able to pay for everybody to have health care there. And they have such a, a high population uh, of uh, Hispanics, you know, people who come from South America and I mean, Mexico and this, that, and the third, uh, where as far as what they pay for, like, you know, illegals, they, you know, there's known to have a lot of illegals in California. So 
they may be able to get a lot of work done at super at a, you know cheap rates yeah overall, i mean it'll be know. it'll be what it'll be you know no system will be perfect but but when you start to establish the idea of healthcare being a right then that i think that that would spread it would be great i think if they passed it regardless um and it was a way that they found a way to work it out you know economically it would spread it would spread across the united states and then eventually become federal because i mean that's what obamacare was trying to do Well, yeah. I don't know if they can do it. I mean, I'm more power to them, bro. Because I mean, you know, uh, I, I I know that there's a, a, a great population of people that that needs that kind of uh, service. Um, I mean, you know, the homeless is is real big around the, st the state of California. But um, it'll change what you're paying for your prescription drugs. It'll it should and it should bring down how much you're paying a month for your insurance, you know? So it's gonna affect everybody. I mean, we hope so, because that was the same thing they said with Obamacare. And to be honest with you, from my viewpoint now, I mean, I just got into being a company driver as of last year in 2020. Well, year before last, because it's now 2022. But uh what Obamacare did when it came in, you had like this company right here that I worked for. Uh, as an employee, your insurance was free for you, for you, your spouse, and as long as you had minor kids, your insurance was free. The company paid for that through Blue Cross Blue Shield. You had some of the best coverage out there. When they implemented Obamacare, they had to do away with that completely because of the laws, the stipulations, the price, the price, the price hike on everything. They had to do away with that. And in return, the insurance skyrocketed through the roof. And the, you know what I'm saying? Well, see, there were some cracks. So where, where do, how, how, how is it gonna, what I'm saying is like, if they do that, and I know that there's people that need it and don't get me wrong. I, I would love to see people that are ill be able to get the proper help you know, and coverage, medical coverage that they need. But like, how do you make that fair across the board? Just because I, you, I'm consider you consider me middle class, and I work, and I, I make ninety to a hundred grand a year. You know, I should be able to. I should. I, why do I, or anybody else, have to pay more for insurance because you're you fall in a different tax bracket? You see what I'm saying? It was some cracks in Obamacare. You know, and it's like and in order for you to get. And, 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 and mostly it had a lot to do with the corporations. It was like a corporate, kind of a corporate giveaway in some ways. But the, it had some really good elements in it. So, but immediately what they started doing was taking the teeth out of, out of, out of Obamacare. So when they started, they started taking the teeth out of it, that's what made it even more ineffective. So instead of working towards working on fix, patching those cracks that was in it, they went the other direction and started taking the teeth out. Doc said, I had health care before ACA, $67 a month. Now the same program is $317 after the tax break. They changed the laws. They made they affected Obamacare not in the way that it was intended. What up, Doc? I got something for you, Doc. I was thinking about you, man. 
Uh, what is it? It's um. Hold on, I'm gonna get it, y'all. It's guns yeah. and disease. Oh, Ali. guns, germs, and Ali's steel. Poor chicken. All these poor chickens, fat headed to headed to Tyson Slaughterhouse over there in Springdale. <laughs> I saw a meme today that was uh, talking about how like. Where is all the chicken coming from? In the meme, it was saying like, "Does it is it really enough chicken farms to cover all these Chick Fil A's and, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> all these fast food places, the Asian plate, uh, you know, uh, you know what I'm saying like the Chinese well, not food. A lot, not all our not all our chicken comes from the United States as well. And the chicken in the you grocery know, there's stores. There's a lot of chicken that comes from China. We get a lot of imported chicken from other countries like China. I think uh, Korea. There's some. There's some other countries that we get that we buy and trade from. You know what I'm saying? So it's not all coming from just here. Because Tyson is like the major player in the game. You know, Ty Tyson has came through and bought up pretty much everybody. Purdue, uh, shit, uh, IBP. Uh, the only one they hadn't got their hands on is Swift Meat. Swift Meats, which is owned by JBS Carriers. Uh, but yeah, man, uh, Tyson, you know, think about all of the, you know, if you own the chicken farm that was running a deficit, Tyson come in and, and buy that shit from you. And, <laughs> you know, I don't know. But yeah, they get a lot of, we still, we get a lot of chicken in from other countries, though. I do know that. From just being in the cryogenics world, we get a lot of chicken in from overseas. Oh, I didn't really know that, but that makes sense though when you think about it. And I know that when I worked for um, Olive Garden, we ordered a lot of. I mean, the online. Who knows where the frozen chicken was fucking coming from? Like, who gives a damn, anyways? Right? Doc says yeah. most of our wings come from Chile. Yeah. So here, y'all. I wanna. I wanna bore y'all a little bit on some history. Freaking um, uh, guns, germ, germs, and steel. Uh, Doc was talking about in another video, and so what this guy is gonna say in his video is that if you just know a little bit about African history, it'll push back on the the main thesis of the idea of the guy's documentary. But he's saying that it was good. When they talked about America, but its basis thesis is wrong because of African history. And it's a thing that's fucked up related to, you know, why, how come the Europeans ended up running the show anyways? And it's like having to do with agriculture or whatever. But trying to say that the African, the native peoples didn't have agriculture. So anyways, I'm going to play a bit of this. Yeah, check it out. Hey, Cypher here. There's an open question in the history profession that if sufficiently answered could not only change the way that we conceive the world as a whole, but give a pretty definitive way for world politics to advance in the future. It's kind of what you could call a holy grail in the history profession. And that question can be phrased a number of ways, but I guess a good way of phrasing it is, 
why did the Western world become the overall hegemonic power of the globe? Put simply, is what makes the West strong? Like, why was Europe able to conquer pretty much the entirety of Africa by the end of the 19th century? What made them such an unstoppable force? If we can answer that question, we can say what's the best course of action for developing nations around the world. That's kind of the whole idea behind modernization theory. But you can probably also tell that this has never been satisfactorily answered. It's still a holy grail, and it probably just can't be answered, to be honest. And while there are many, it. many answers to that question, the most popular is Jared Diamond's Guns, Germs, and Steel. And you'll see Diamond's answer all over the place. In fact, he made a documentary for Nat Geo specifically around this answer. But of course, Guns, Germs, and Steel has its detractors. In fact, some historians go so far as to call it pseudo-history. Now, I wouldn't go that far by any stretch, but there are enough problems with his hypothesis that we can't take it as a particularly good answer either. So my answer to that question is, um, you know, how did they end up conquering everything? Is because the native peoples, the humans of the world, they really just couldn't see another person like that looked like them, another human that was capable of doing these like super atrocious type things, these atrocities, like the 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 dishonesty. You know what I'm saying? That's how they won because the peoples didn't think that way. You know what I'm saying? And when they came with these lies and the cheating, it really, that's how they won. They, they won by lying and cheating. <laughs> they took over by doing that. And um, I think that's the reason why it's all like he's saying they can't figure it out historically because the real answer is ugly. It's an ugly answer that they don't want to admit to. You there, Pat? Yeah. Yeah, I'm a I'ma play I'ma play some more of this, y'all. Check it out. There. So let's talk about that and specifically how the continent of Africa and its history kind of contradict the entirety of guns, germs, and steel. But before we get to that, this is actually part of a massive collaboration. We're all talking about African history. Before me was Mr. Beat doing one of his compared videos between Rwanda and Burundi. And since this video is actually the end of the playlist, the beginning of the playlist is Kagido, who's talking about the San people, or the San people, I don't know how to pronounce that. So if you're not on the playlist already, it's time to fix that. But if you're already on it, let's talk about how the continent of Africa and its history makes a bit of a mockery of guns, germs, and steel. Oh. New Guinean friends put it, why is it that you white people developed so much cargo and brought it to New Guinea, but we black people had little cargo of our own? Diamond's answer is essentially crop and animal domestication. Up to what he calls the starting line, humanity was fairly uniformly advanced. 
But then an unfortunately named Great Leap Forward happened with the agricultural revolution. Those who could domesticate crops and animals did, leading to a disproportionate amount of domestication happening in Eurasia, who ultimately gained things like farm animals and a whole variety of staple crops which meant an abundance of food, bringing the eventual decline of hunting and gathering as a chief source of caloric intake in much of Eurasia. Due to living in close proximity to domesticated animals, people came into contact with more disease, but also became immune to much of these germs in the process. Many were freed from the regular chores of producing food by the Great Leap Forward, so they began to group together in cities. The urbanization that these domestications allowed meant people could focus on more abstract pursuits, such as metallurgy and mining, eventually leading to steel, which in turn allowed for further inventiveness. The Eurasian continent outstripped the development of other continents until guns were invented, leaving us with the final piece of the puzzle. Sounds pretty good, right? But the devil is in the details. To explain why Africa couldn't develop alongside Eurasia, he relies on a theory of continental axes. As you can see here, the Americas and Africa have a north-south axis, whereas Eurasia has an east-west one. This supposedly allowed crops to be more easily transposed throughout Eurasia, since they didn't have to adapt to more northerly or southerly climates. The problem is that Diamond appears to not understand domestication nor the inherent problems of that map. Considering Diamond is a professor of geography, he should have noted that the Mercator projection does a giant disservice to Africa, which his second to last chapter is completely devoted to. The standard map that we all see wasn't designed to make the continents comparable sizes. It was meant to keep latitudinal lines straight for easier navigation. This has had an adverse effect of making areas closer to the equator appear immensely smaller than they really are. Africa is the worst affected by this. It is the second biggest continent after Asia, yet Europe somehow looks similarly sized. The projection is not some artifact of imperialism, as some people like to claim, but the downsizing of Africa in much of the world's minds is nonetheless the result of this nautically-oriented map, and it appears to have affected Diamond as well. This axis theory is fundamental to his analysis of Africa, despite Eurasia having the same north-south axis as Africa. The difference from Africa's north-south distance and its east-west distance is only 8%. Seriously, 5,000 miles one way, 4,600 the other. You can't get more arbitrary than these lines on a map. Sub-Saharan Africa is not some wasteland that couldn't support these animals and crops. In fact, much of the domesticated products that supposedly helped Europe become dominant were to be found in Africa centuries prior to European invasions along with plenty of their own. Europeans were able to bring their crops to Africa without much need for extra domestication. Colonial holdings in Africa often produced a good chunk of the grain for their empires as a whole. Africa is geographically diverse enough to support everything Europe had. It is incorrect to claim that Africa couldn't domesticate enough species to compete. Not only could they, but they did. Diamond seems to acknowledge this by saying, 
Africa's diverse peoples resulted from its diverse geography and its long prehistory. But he spends the rest of that chapter saying, The difference was due to accidents of geography and biogeography, in particular to Africa's different areas, axes, and suites of wild plant and animal species. By reverting to that axis theory, he speaks of Africa as though it was some isolated entity prior to European conquest, which is definitely false. As James Blount, himself a geographer like Diamond, said of this axis theory, Geography is important, but not that important. While the Sahara acts as a massive barrier even today, it was not something that couldn't be overcome. Romans explored into Sub-Saharan Africa in the first century BC. Turks and Arabs were trading in African slaves as early as the 7th century AD. The Indian Ocean was interconnected by trade dating back to at least the Bronze Age. And trade caravans across the Sahara were recorded in ancient Egyptian records. In short, Sub-Saharan Africa was connected by trade. In East Africa's case, far more so than Europe. So, isolation is not a sufficient answer. So it doesn't make sense when Diamond says, Europeans entering Africa enjoyed the triple advantage of guns and other technology, widespread literacy, and the political organization necessary to sustain expensive programs of exploration and conquest. Clearly, there was an advantage. But Africa had all of those things in certain places, and were often comparable to Europe. As far afield as the Mali and Songhai empires in West Africa, a grand civilization developed as part of the Trans-Saharan trade. As one historian says, From the north, West Africa received brass and copper, cloth and spices, manufactured goods and horses, and Saharan salt, and in return, it exported gold, slaves, skins and leather, and ivory. Timbuktu became legendary for literally paying gold weight for weight with salt shipments. Further south was the Kingdom of Benin, which at the time had one of the largest planned cities in history, laid out in a fractal design with wide thoroughfares, underground drainage, and street lighting in the 15th century. As one visitor described it, street Great Benin, where the king resides, is larger than Lisbon. All the streets run straight and as far as the eye can see. The houses are large and especially that of the king, which is richly decorated and has fine columns. The city is wealthy and industrious. It is so well governed that theft is unknown and the people live in such security that they have no doors to their houses. So Blout's explanation of continental axes falls flat when such wealth existed and was transmitted throughout Africa. This speaks to a couple key problems with guns, germs, and steel. Specifically, his neglect of contingency and his tendency to view societies as holistic entities. Honestly, it's pretty weird to try answering why the West is strong by analyzing continents as a whole. Africa, let alone any other continent, is a huge and diverse place. There is more genetic diversity in the human population of Africa than all other continents combined. When people say, I'm traveling to Africa, that would be the same as saying, I'm traveling to Asia. Like, what does that even mean? But for some reason, we all treat Africa as a singular country when it's an entire continent. Like, here's a tool called the true size of. 
which is linked in the description. It shows you how badly our sense of size has been warped by the Mercator projection. That type of map was never meant to give us a sense of size, and yet we use it like that. It's a navigational map. Guns, Germs, and Steel is an important work, but we cannot take it seriously when it speaks of Africa. Personally, I like his explanation for the new world, but not the old. He gets especially bad with his epilogue, where he basically says China was too tyrannical to become a world power. That's called Oriental Despotism, which is the racist idea Asians and Northern Africans needed to control water in their countries, called hydraulic societies, so they naturally resort to tyrannical rule. Suffice it to say, Diamond has been nailed pretty badly for that idea. This whole thing made Blout say, his argument is scientific because he claims to produce reliable, scientific answers to these problems when in fact, he does not have such answers, and because he discards wholesale the findings of social science while inserting old and discredited theories of environmental determinism, that is bad science. I mean, one, history isn't a science, so Blout is also working off of some rather obsolete ideas. But look, we shouldn't treat guns, germs, and steel as pseudo-history, because Diamond is not arguing in bad faith. He has a point with the New World, but Africa disproves his overall theory, making way for a truly terrible end to the book. Whatever made the West strong, it wasn't the continental axis of Africa. The question of Western hegemony is still open to debate. Yeah, so I know I probably put y'all to sleep. The question of Western hegemony is still out for debate. Debate. You there, Pat? Ah, I'm gonna put y'all to sleep. Well, anyways, Doc, you there? I know you there, Doc. What did you think of it? Um, you know, uh, it was kind of an evaluation of the documentary, um, Guns, Germs, and Steel. And basically he was saying he liked the idea related to North, the, the New World, the Americas, but he said that, um, the history of Africa dispels his basic premise um, for the documentary. And it's because of the trade that was going on within Africa already between Northern and South Africa. I haven't, I haven't. Did you actually read the book? Its main, its main difficulty is it doesn't take into account the people as much as the geography, right? So that's what the, the dude was arguing in the video was that, you know, you have different peoples all over um, Africa. And a lot of times, you know, from the outside looking in, um, people like to categorize people and put all Africans in the same boat. And uh, we was talking about in the other video that you got people, you know, from different parts of Africa. They don't like the other people parts of Africa. Like they, it's not, you know, they don't see it the same way as people see it from the outside. It's a, it's a whole bunch of different ethnicities and, um, you know, cultures all, all through there, different people, different kinds of people. 
So no, I haven't read the book. So, but what did you think of his analysis? This guy's analysis of it. Do you think it was fair? Do you think he did a good job? Um, do Do you think that he was being super biased? Um, I just came across this. Um, it popped up on my thing. Five to seven different peoples in Africa 400 years ago, 13 to 30. I don't know what you mean. Five to seven different peoples. I don't know what that means. It, it's, it's, it's within Nigeria alone, they probably got hundreds of different native languages. And those were from different peoples. So that's just Nigeria. It's so many. It's so many. We really don't understand it. We have never taken the time to dig through those, you know, intricacies related to the ethnicities of the different peoples of Africa. It's not very well studied or understood by Westerners. Nigerian groups as a people, despite the many languages. No, not necessarily. Nigerians do call themselves Nigerian because they're from Nigeria, but that's more of, again, from like a colonial point of view because that's their like nationality, if you will. But each Nigerian is gonna have a, they all have different kind of like ethnicities within Nigeria. It's different, it's literally different peoples um, with different heritages, different languages, different cultures even. It's just that they so happen to live in Nigeria. He says, just like there were hundreds of people that became the Germanic barbarian peoples. And you're absolutely right. And that is another thing. History loves to ge generalize or generic things. So yes, the barbarians were not just like one group of people. It was a whole bunch of different tribes of people and they called them barbarians, but they were not like one. They didn't even all have the same religions. They didn't all look alike. They didn't come from the same ethnicities. They probably spoke different languages. It's, it's, that's a very good comparison. He says, they come from a group of in, indigenous I always have trouble saying that we're indigenous and tribes, indigenous tribes, similar to South American areas as well. Yeah, that's a perfect example. I like that comparison, you know, because they call them Indians. Like all of the Indians were Indians. First off, they're wrong by calling them Indians. Second off, they're wrong by trying to group them all together as one you know, type of people. Again, same thing. It's different languages, different cultures, different religions, different ethnicities, even different, um, you know, features, physical features, hair color and height and all that shit. He says, I'm not disclaiming multiple tribes, but they are a group. Their way of life was similar. Hunters, desert, coastal, all different groups. Yeah, but that's just, that's again, that's a way that people don't understand because the thing is, 
all the peoples what hadn't been infected with the you know the machine of the modern like way of living or whatever so anywhere if you go somewhere in a part of the world that still hasn't been like touched then you're gonna find people just like the peoples that they found here in the americas but that doesn't make them the same as these people over here they're gonna be absolutely totally completely different some island group or somewhere in south america in the middle of the uh the damn forest around the amazon and shit niggas they haven't even found yet Some of them, they probably don't want to find that. <laughs> Hell no. The reason why they ain't found them is because they kill them. He says, when you say peoples, it's a larger group than tribal. Okay. That's just terms. Sometimes the English language is so limited, and I get limited with it. But, yeah, dudes. So, like, you know about the people on the island, right? That 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 um, if you show up, they just kill you. They don't ask no yeah. questions. So, people Man, went... I I heard about that a few years ago. They were trying to tell them about God and they uh, killed him and ate him, man. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Like, we're not interested in none of that, bro. Just keep that shit over there. Over there. (laughs) That's crazy. And but but you know what's scary? The scary part of it is like 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 in the Amazon, they have these. They have these untouched tribes, but you have these mining companies, these companies that are these logging companies, and they're cutting down trees, you know what I'm saying, clearing areas, and um, these tribes live there. And the thing is, they be in the way. So the the, the, the uh, these companies just kill these people. Like, they literally just murder them. Um, and nobody will ever know. They have never been discovered. Nobody knows. It's not like it's going to be a police report on this shit. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. So they automatic. They have automatic weapons, and they be out there. And if they see some natives, they just kill them because they be in the way. He says, you are arguing semantics. You are talking about the trees. I'm talking about the forest. That that could be the case. We could be missing each other. You're talking about the trees. I'm talking about the forest. It's different things. And I always say it's 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 it's, it's all about perspective. You can't see the trees and the forest at the same time. You know what I mean? When whenever you're looking at a topic, whenever you're looking at anything, you know you're either looking at the forest. You know what I'm saying? Or you're looking at the trees because you can't look at both of them at the same time. So you look at one and, you know, and then you look at the other. That's the way you do it. He says, avatar kind of shit, just like all history. Yeah. You're not ugly. Weird. Deform. Damn, you be delivering to a lot of Walmarts because another time you was on, you was delivering to a Walmart. Yeah, man, they use a lot of uh, they use a lot of this uh, hydro- liquid hydrogen, man, for those uh, zero emission forklifts. Well, 
What the fuck happened with this? Let me see. I'm curious as hell. Alejandro was loving. Too distraught to stand, relatives say this 19-year-old Taco Bell employee had just witnessed his father's murder. 41-year-old Alejandro Garcia was working at this Taco Bell on Avalon and Century in South LA when a customer shot several times into the drive-thru window. It's so hard for him because I can't imagine seeing your dad get murdered in front of your eyes and you're standing there, can't do anything about it. Karina Garcia says her cousin Alejandro was loving, hardworking, and a generous man. Saturday, around 11 p.m., Los Angeles police say a customer tried using counterfeit money to pay for his food. Karina says her nephew, Alejandro's son, rejected the fake bill. There was an argument, and the customer pulled a gun and started shooting. One of the bullets went straight to his dad, which he was on the other side, uh, and straight in the heart and died instantly. The killer drove off, presumably caught on video by the various security cameras at the Taco Bell. He knew he was dead instantly when he reached over and tried to save him and talk to him, and he was gone. Sunday morning, neighbors struggled to understand the senseless murder. It's over food, because you could you. Oh my gosh, I just don't, I don't know. The Taco Bell remained closed as police continued the search for the shooter. Garcia says Alejandro leaves behind the 19-year-old son who worked with him, a 16-year-old son, and a three-year-old daughter. His mm. son is just so distraught right now. I can't, I just can't believe that people are, don't have any heart to do something like that. Alejandro was working an extra shift at the Taco Bell as he did every Saturday to support his family. He was a, such a good person. A father killed on the job in front of his son. The family now left. That's fucked up. You heard that shit, Deuce? You there? Yeah, yeah, I heard that, bro. That's crazy. Yeah, what That's you think? Crazy, uh, what, so, so what, I mean, I heard what, I heard the guy got killed because the customer was saying with counterfeit money and an argument broke out, or... Yeah, that's a, maybe it wasn't an argument. Who knows? I mean, like, he probably was like, hey, you can't use this money. And then, you know, the dude probably just went crazy. Yeah. Man, it's just, it's sad all the way around, bro. And then, you know, like I say, you don't know the state of mind of people, bro. You don't know the state of mind of people. You know, a guy just doing his job, you know, and just killed on the job. It's crazy. It's crazy. I will say that. That's crazy. Yeah, it's all crazy, man. People just, I don't know, heartless. Like, really just don't. There's, it's, it's such a low um, value for life. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Most definitely. Most definitely. And that's why I say, like, for me, that's why I have such an issue with them trying to take away our weaponry, our way of protecting ourselves. Because as we see in that situation, a criminal don't care. Yeah. It seems like nobody cares. Shit, they don't. 
you know, and that's what I be saying. Somebody, somebody, somebody has to care, man. You know, yeah. somebody has to care about something more than their family and their own life and their ego. Because I thought you might have, you would have, maybe. Yeah, yeah, King Chalk Entertainment. Here we go. If you haven't already, like, comment, share, and subscribe. Check us live and become a part of the show on Facebook, Twitter, Twitch, and YouTube Wednesday and Thursday at 11 p.m. and Friday and Saturday at 1 a.m. Central Standard Time. Yeah, yeah. While you're playing the game, working out, cleaning, or whatever, check out the more refined audio versions of the show on Spotify, Apple, Anchor, and more. Keyword, King Chaka ENT. Yeah. Shouts out to Pat, Doc, Deuce, Curtis, Brendan, Elliot, Juanita, Jay Lethal, Tariq, my Twitch follower, Francisco, and others for always supporting the channel. Yeah. Race, spirituality, politics. Let's talk about it. We generate interest into what has happened and what is happening in our world. Therefore, creating activists. Let's go. Dale gas, baby. Dime que tú quieres, papi.